This is episode number 221, The Power of Your Narrative, with Nate Pale. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lokeed, and this is the Overcoming Outs Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being is if you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes or if this is your first time tuning in, Consider supporting our cause by making a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these courageous and inspiring conversations. The second announcement that I wanted to make is an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming experience called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. This is a weekly conversation that is broadcasted live through Facebook and LinkedIn where we explored the topics around the concepts of the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and resilience, gratitude and relationships in our lives, and many other topics. If you'd like to know more details about any of these upcoming experiences, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to find the time and place that each and every single one of these takes place. Last but not least, If you've enjoyed any of the previous episodes, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. There he is, Nate. Hey. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. Thank you for being a part of it, and thank you for having that first conversation that I think we had over a year ago. And who knew that it would lead here, but at the same time, I feel like if I wasn't open to the opportunity and if you weren't open to the opportunity to connect, we wouldn't may not be here. You know, it's kind of a crazy thing to think it was over a year ago because it was definitely pre-COVID, which is a weird mm-hmm. thing to think about. Like a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people like yourselves I met after like COVID happened because we got kind of like forced into virtual conferences, being at home, and, and we all just like leaned into like building relationships with people that weren't in our normal circle of influence. And it's been an amazing um, journey to connect with all these people. But yeah, I remember I was just getting going with this idea of like, I wanted to create a podcast and we were in some Facebook groups together and people were like, mm-hmm. hey, I reach out to Oleg. And I did. And we were talking on the phone. And I remember this because I was driving home. So that's how I know it was definitely pre-COVID. So I was driving in the car and um, I was just like, I got to stop you right now. Like I can't, and I want to hear your story, but like, if we're going to do a podcast, it's going to be more authentic if I hear it the first time than to like hear it and then try to recreate that. So we like just stop the conversation and then set up a time to have the podcast. And um, it was, yeah, that was really cool. And it's crazy to think how much has happened since, uh, since that time about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Now, and I, I think it also goes back to the whole point, as I was mentioning to you prior to us hitting the record button here, and it's just that really just the story 
and it's the narrative. Because I remember the same exact words that you described yeah, on the phone. You said, hey, I have to stop you here because otherwise we can be talking for you know the next two or three hours. But I want to be able to create this. And I think having had the ability from my angle to see it literally from conception to what it has become, it's been fascinating for a couple of reasons. First, it as I mentioned to you, it allows me to understand that I can do the same you know, that I have the ability. And then the second thing, which is directly related to this topic, it's a story. It's a story that you, cho you chose to create for yourself, however you did it, whatever it is that you chose to tell yourself. And then through belief and obviously a lot of hard work, daily work, <laughs> you were able to manifest it. And that is, that to me is fascinating because alone, no pun intended, like with the power of your story, you were able to change the trajectory moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and as you're saying this, it, it's kind of fitting that that you were one of the first people I connected with because as I was starting my journey, and I'm, I'm going to call it the official finding my voice <clears throat> journey started sometime last year, and and you came across. And, and for me, I was like one of those people that like had felt compelled to do something, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't think that my story was of significance. And, and I think that was your message when I came across with you is like, Hey, I'm just out here sharing my story to turn and show other people that they too have a story that they can share that's going to resonate with other people and make a difference. So it's not necessarily if you think your, your story is compelling or interesting, it's that other people do and other people find inspiration from that story. And like you said about it, like they might not rise to do exactly what you're doing, but what they do is they realize like, Hey, there's experiences I've had in my life. You've had in your life that resonate with somebody and change the trajectory of their path in their in their life and maybe they can get a little closer to their goals and dreams or make a bigger impact a bigger influence on the world so sharing your story <clears throat> you taught me like hey you got to put it out there because you don't necessarily know who's listening and who's going to feel and resonate with it mm -hmm. and so that i think helped me lean into what i was doing and if, if you back up in my life a, a lot further like I'd always felt compelled to, to do something bigger, to make a bigger impact in the world, um, help other people, serve other people. And I, and I wasn't really have any clue how to do it. I just, I just tried a bunch of stuff and most things never worked. And I think what it was is a little bit of that, you know, you have to have experiences that you learn from that shape you and, and who you become. But at the same time, I wasn't ready to receive the message that I was was doing. And over time, I started noticing that the things I found fulfillment from was helping other people get closer to achieving their goals and dreams. And mm -hmm. the more people I personally knew, had, had relationships with, the more solutions I had to other people's problems. So that that kind of epiphany was kind of growing on me a few years ago. It was just like, hey, if I if I connect with more people, build more strategic networks. I can support and help more people. And in turn, the more people I could help, the more problems I could solve, I became more valuable in my career and it, it served me as well. And so I was like, hmm, there's something interesting here. Like what if what if I went um, all in and just tried to connect and serve as many people as I possibly could? What would that look like? And this also goes back to another lesson I learned 
Um, well, I didn't really learn it, but I heard it early in my career, about 20 years ago, which is you're going to overestimate what you can accomplish in a year and you're going to underestimate what you can accomplish in five years. Mm. And so I just looked at it as a very going forward approach. Like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm just going to go out there and do, do things with this intention that I'm going to kick butt for the next year. And what ended up happening was, again, I overestimated what I could do in a year, fell off my goals, and, and they kind of fell off to the wayside. But I did have like some long strategic big, big goals that I didn't really actively pursue or take intentions towards. But when I got to a point in my career 10, 15 years later, I look back and I go, hey, all those things I wrote down the paper, like, hey, by the time I'm 40, I want to make this much money, have this job title, do, 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 do. And I had surpassed all those. I had actually just, just went completely bonkers past them. But I didn't feel any different. I didn't feel like, oh, wow, like you should pat yourself on the back. You did so awesome. You made you made uh, mincemeat out of your goals. No, what ended up happening was is you check the box. What's next? You know, like, let, let's carry on. But I did realize that, like, hey, if, if I know it to be true that from five years from now, my goals, I'm going to exceed them. Why not make my five-year goals from now really, really big? And instead of putting my efforts into things that I know don't bring me fulfillment, put those efforts into things I do know that are going to bring me fulfillment, which is like helping and serving other people. So I was like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm just going to go really, really big on this idea and just see where this journey takes me. And and I was, I was coming up with this idea. I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to connect with people. I can't always just be searching and searching and reaching out to people. I do have to have some attraction back into me. And by attracting mm -hmm. people into me, I needed to um, discover my voice. I needed to be more on social media. It kind of led to doing a podcast that I wasn't sure how to do or where it would go or who was going to be on my show. But I just knew that if I took steps in this general direction, that the answers would come the people would come like it it's always happened when you go looking for answers or you go looking for solutions or you go looking like i did to find my voice the things you need to help you show up you know and and so that that ties into one other thing that the kind of what was part of this journey is it's what i call right place right time or being in the right places more often so <clears throat> being in the right place at the right time everybody's heard that but what you don't realize is that most people that are successful find a way to be in the right places more often than not and so then their chances of being there at the right time dramatically increase so i started looking at things and going like hey if i want to create a podcast um i can't just hang out at the coffee shop and hoping you know somebody comes into the coffee shop and says hey i do podcasting and let me teach you about so <laughs> there and plug myself into podcasting groups and if i start having conversations with people regardless of my um skill level or or you know was i just starting did i have a show did i just have an idea did i know i know anything did i just like podcasts and if i go down this path I'm going to get introduced to people that are going to help me do it. And so, of course, you know, that that's clearly shown to happen. I met you. I met some other people. And from there, they introduced me to other people. One of the most amazing people I met early in my um, journey was uh, a woman named Sharon Falky. And she kind of helps people get on other podcasts. And she reached out and she's like, hey, I see you're trying to do a podcast. Let me plug you into some other podcasting groups. And 
that mm-hmm. led to more introductions with more people. And then once you kind of started down this path of being in this circle of influence of things you want to do, it's amazing what doors open because because you're there, you're learning, you're supporting, and you realize that, like you said, you, if you start sharing your journey and your story, other people resonate with it. And there's people that are further ahead of you that go, hey, I remember being like you um, a, a bunch of years back. I want to help you. I want to take you under my wing and show you what to do. Then you have people that are in the same path, the same place you are. And they're like, I'm trying to figure this out. And you have a bonding moment because you're both trying to do the same things and you're looking to support each other. And then you have people that are a little further behind you. And this, you know, the more, the more, the longer you do this, the more people are just getting started. But even if you're just getting started, there's other people that are still a little further behind and, and doing what you're doing inspires them to go a little further. And so I think it's so important to, to surround yourself with people in various aspects and stages because you want people to mentor you and teach you. You want people that are challenging you to push the limits. And then you want people that you can take the knowledge you've acquired and share it with them and teach them how they too can, 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 you know, chase their dreams and goals. So that all kind of came together through the course of a year. And then here we are a year later, um, (laughs) did over a hundred some podcasts. I had zero problems finding any guests, met people all over the world. I have um, virtual friends that, um, can call up any, any time of the day and just know that they'll have my back and support. We have people I never would have had a chance to meet. Otherwise we've collaborated on business ideas. Um, yeah, it's just been fascinating to see what a year has done. And I look at it like today I'm looking at it going, man, I really did not get as far as I had hoped to do this first year. Like I did not, you know, have a breakout year where like, I'm just like rocking and rolling. And I just want to like, like if I gave the look behind the curtains, everybody goes, wow, you really crushed it. Like you're really doing it. There's still this giant struggle, this giant journey going. But then I think about it and go, well, I already knew I was going to underestimate the first year. Hmm. What I'm planning to do at year five I'm going to blow that shit out of the water. So like, yeah. what's that going to look like? So it's, it's really cool to be, be on this journey and to come full circle here, having a conversation with you. No, thank you for sharing all of that. And b- before I go any farther, I want to welcome Melody, who has joined us here from Massachusetts. One of the things that she said was when you share your voice to help others open doors without you even knocking. I think there's so many things that you pointed out within that, that I just wanted to kind of dissect. One of those is being in the right place. And you mentioned this, those that are successful choose to find ways to be in the right place more often. What does that mean? What, what is like, how do you do that? Well, I look at it this way is, is if let's say you have a goal and, mm-hmm. and my goal was kind of this 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 big lofty goal which was like hey if i ever had the opportunity to um win the lottery by investing in a startup company like facebook at an early stage investment that like you just turned twenty thousand hundred thousand dollars into like hundred million dollars like you want to have that unicorn uh exit investment that everybody dreams about like what how is that going to happen to me and you, right? Who, how is an average person going to get the opportunity to invest in the next biggest, giant, baddest startup company ever that just turns into a billion dollar company? And the thing is, is like if we're sitting at home, it's not going to happen. Like the odds of somebody going like, hey, oh, like, hey, Nate, you, you seem like pretty smart dudes. You want to invest in this company you've never heard of? 
No, it's not going to happen. But if you want to have those opportunities, you have to go where they're more likely to occur. And that's how I started getting involved with helping startups and started discovering where I brought value and how I found fulfillment was helping them out was I started going in and hanging out at a pitch contest. And then I met the people that hosted the pitch contest and they introduced me to um, incubator um, directors and then to to the people that are coaching that are um, judging the pitches who turn you into uh, besters and other things. And so like your network starts expanding of the people you start getting connected to because you go out and put yourself in those situations where these, these things are going to occur. So, you know, I, I, a lot of times I say like, Hey, if, if you have a journey that you want to go on, you don't have to know exactly where to go. You don't have to have the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out, but you have to have the faith that if you walk out the door, you're going to be a little closer to that journey than if you just had it home. And then if you make a left turn versus a right turn, you're going to get a little closer. And you, you start as you go down this journey, more and more things uh, come your way and you're going to find it. Now you're going to have challenges along the way. You're going to have roadblocks, detours and and mishaps, but that's all part of the learning experience. And and I kind of we were talking before the show about you're you're going to be driving soon from Austin to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And you know that you need to get to Detroit, but you haven't figured out where you're going to stop for gas. You haven't figured out where you're going to eat dinner or lunch, mm-hmm. where you're going to sleep. But you have faith that you know that when the time comes for you needing those things, those things are going to appear on your journey, right? So if you know that the people that you need to come across your life are going to appear in your journey, don't wait to have it figured out. Just go like, hey, I have a plan. I'm going to get there. I mean, you want to have you know some things like you need to have an idea, a strategic plan for the, the, the getting going, but those things will appear and they're going to change. And the experiences you have, you're, you're not going to expect a lot of them and where you actually end up could be significantly different than where you originally set out to go, but it's all part of that journey. Mm-hmm. How do you re how do you instill and then reignite <laughs> that sense of confidence that you just described in knowing that things will work out I mean, it's the same thing that goes to this whole concept of the story that you were just describing in regard to your own experience. You know, looking back at this whole past year, I remember even with your podcast, when you and I had that conversation, you might have had 10, 15, I think like 17 people or something like that. And you were still trying to figure out like, okay, how do I do this? Where do I record in my house? And what does all of that look like? And what to me, what's been fascinating along my own journey is trying to understand that even in the moment where I truly don't, even in the moment when I'm surrounded by nothing but the unknown, I still find a way to instill enough confidence within me that I have what it takes. Like in your case, what is that? Is that inner belief? Is that some experience that allowed you to understand that, hey, no matter how difficult it gets, like I still have what it takes to get through this particular challenge? Um, I think it's a lot of things because I wake up with self-doubt probably every day. And and some days is a lot more self-doubt than others. And some days it's like, what in the hell did I think I was doing? Like, I am a complete fraud. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, but, but there's a few things is having good people in your support group is crucial. So a lot of times, um, I host a, a, like a mini mastermind kind of like jam session with a few people I've met along the way. And some days I go there with 
you know, the, the struggle and need of a pep talk and other days I'm given the pep talk. And so I think that's important to see there is like when I, when I chat with somebody and I'm not feeling it, and then I get on a call like this and we're talking about your story and your journey and what you're doing, I get, I get jazzed up, man. I'm like, Hey, if you're doing it, I can do it. Right. And if other people are doing it and then, and then hearing other people go, Hey, I, I've been watching what you're doing and it inspired me to do something. One of the coolest things ever is I was, I met a guy, um, through, through the podcasting, um, not on the podcast. He just was kind of falling and we kind of made a connection on LinkedIn and um, a few months later, he circled back around like, hey, just let's just catch up. And so he goes, hey, what you're doing with your podcast just inspired me to kind of try other things and do other things. And he went out and learned a hobby and found a way to monetize his hobby. And I was like, that's really cool. He's like, yeah, if I hadn't kind of connected with you and seen what you were doing yourself, I might have thought like nothing of it to go out there and try it. And so so to me, it's like those stories help inspire me. And then the other thing is. I've done it before. I've gone to a point where I felt like I I reached my capacity and I quit mm. and I gave up. I, I I hit that spot where I said, "Hey, going any further, that's for other people to do. Being big and powerful and and having a voice that everybody responds to, that's for other people to do." And I put it away. And as soon as I put it away, it goes away for a little bit, but that itch comes back and that desire comes back. And I think when you have a calling, it's going to keep itching at you until you you pursue it uh, as far as it needs to go. And so there may be days where you give up in the sense of like, hey, I'm not making any progress towards this. We are just trying at the very least not to lose ground, but maybe we are losing a little ground, but go through that point, pick up yourself up and, and and get after it and and you don't have to you know give up if as long as you're willing to keep trying to move the needle forward you haven't given up and so those are just part of the journey and i think that um acceptance that it's okay to have those days of struggle and those days where you don't want to do it and those days of self-doubt but if you stay connected to the people that have helped you along the way you're going to reignite that inspiration and it doesn't happen every day um i think one of the lessons I learned uh, related to my fitness was, is I would be motivated and then I would be not motivated. And <laughs> I would, I would do really good. I'd go consistently when I was motivated and then I'd lose motivation and I'd stop going. And I was always like, man, why can't I stay motivated like other people and have a consistent thing? And then I came across uh, a, a guy named Jocko Willink, um, Navy SEAL, and he talks about discipline equals freedom. And he's like, the motivation doesn't last. Discipline does. Discipline's the stuff that makes you get up and do the things you don't want to do, even on the days you don't feel like doing it. And on those days, those are the ones that matter most is when you do it anyways. And if you don't feel like doing it, sometimes you just got to go through the motions. You just got to do it. And that happens so often. Like, oh, man, I don't want to do my podcast today. I don't want to have a conversation with somebody I've never met. I'm just going to call them and cancel. And then like all the way up until like the minute before they're going to go on, I'm thinking, I need to cancel this. I don't feel like doing it. And then they get on the screen. We have this 30 minute conversation. I'm like, holy crap. Why did I even think twice about like not having that conversation? That was amazing. Like I want to go like, like rough to just like run through walls and crush it, go to the moon. And I think that's what that discipline equals freedom is, is if you go on the days you don't want to do, chances are, it's not going to be that bad. Chances are you're going to have a really, really good day. And so you can't, you can't rely on motivation to be the thing that gets you there. I think you have to find something 
uh, inner and strong that just says, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it today. And I'm going to do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I'm going to do it the next day. And as long as I consistently do it over time, whether or not it's a little bit or a lot, I'm going to make steady progress. And I'm going to be further than if I just had a bunch of motivation, went out the gate running and then gave up after a few days. Mm-hmm. I picked up a similar, I guess, characteristic or skill, not from him, but David Goggins. So th- there was a chapter of my life recently within this past couple of months where I listened to nothing but David Goggins videos, podcasts. I listened to his book, Can't Hurt Me. And I kid you not, afterwards, I was like, holy shit, because it's so true as far as the principles that he speaks about. One of those concepts was motivation. And Melody here mentioned that your motivation comes in waves. She can relate. The The thing that I started to understand was the discipline part. It was kind of interesting because here's what it allowed me to understand. Even on days when I wake up later than expected, two or three hours, w- what I would do previously was I would skip whatever I was going to do during those two to three hours and I'd go on with the rest of the day. After listening to him and after reading this book, I started to understand that it's not so much about accomplishing a specific thing during a specific time, but it's more so having the discipline to do it anyway. I mean, so what that you wake up at 8 a.m. or so what that you wake up at 9 or 30 minutes before a podcast or whatever that time frame looks like. It's more so do you have the discipline internally to pick it back up? And I think that's where, in my opinion, how I was able to reframe that whole story around this is really trying to understand what is the value? What's the value that these things are bringing? What is the actual value behind meditation? What's the value behind reading and writing? What's the value behind doing this? Instead of having it just be another thing to get off the checklist, I started to assess the value. And I kid you not, like my whole routine changed because then I was no longer attached to the time frame. I was more so understanding that, okay, whatever time I wake up in or whatever the circumstances I have to deal with first, I'm still going to create time for those things because I see the value in them Mm -hmm. and I see the impact that they create in my life. And it sounds like you had a similar journey, I guess, when it comes to that discipline and understanding all that. Very much so. And, and I've, I've been in waves too with it even as much as recently. And I, and I realized that like, if I don't, if I don't, do physical fitness daily or at least almost daily then i'm not right in the head and too many days of it not being that way i feel off i feel not balanced i don't feel centered you go like what does your going to the gym have anything to do with building a business or a career or you know um the importance of it and it's like you know if you take care of yourself first you show Mm -hmm. better to the world and that's one of the Mm -hmm. things they need to do and then the other thing i've neglected a lot I've been a visualization person, but I've not been a good meditator and like focused um, on it. And it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, well, you know, that can that that's easy to skip and do another day because there's there's not a um, output that that's measurable from it. Mm-hmm. I don't think like maybe it's like the, the the output is like, did you do it or not? But a lot of times it's like, hey, there's pressing things that need to get done. There's there's emails that need to go out or there's this podcast I got to edit, or there's a social media post I need to get out. There's something that has to be done that has, I guess, more of a inner 
value that we put on it, but just maybe doesn't have quite the power over time. And so you have to go back and remember like, hey, these things like visualization, self-care, they may not exactly in that day make your day better, but consistently done over time and effort is going mm-hmm. to make your life so much better so you have to stay true to them and realize like hey you know you just just because you meditate for five minutes and you don't have um an output that you can measure against it like that doesn't mean it didn't benefit you and then it's not mm-hmm. gonna benefit you in the future you just have to be a little bit more patient to see the those results show up mm-hmm. and i think even this whole concept of better it's so it's a matter of perspective I mean, you could look at it and say this, yes, I feel better or I'm able to have more clarity. I think with especially activities like meditation, I've experienced a similar thing, you know, because there's no like tangible result that I'm striving towards. It's more so a feeling, a state, whatever the realizations I I get from it. And sometimes I'll go into it and I come out and I feel like nothing changed, but that's okay because And I think maybe a part of that also goes to just my own expectation, you know, of wanting things to change. And if I'm not seeing the change, therefore it's not working, therefore it's not having progress. But I think the reality of the matter is, as you described, like sometimes you don't see the results. Sometimes you just had to sit there for the sake of sitting there because a month down the road, you will recognize something that you actually saw or heard or was able to smell or whatever experienced while just sitting there and thinking that, okay, this is not creating any value. This is not doing any good. This is not helping me. Like you said, send the emails or any of that, but at the same time, maybe it's disrupting my behavior in the way. So I don't get to the email and send a pissed off email to someone, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's changing my course in that way. And that's what I started to realize before I proceed here. I want to say hello to Annie both you and i connected to her um, and he's the best now she truly is her and i have been connected probably almost the same time about a year um her and i connected and ever since been able to support each other's past but you know the other thing that i wanted to briefly touch upon and you touched upon at this very beginning of it all this whole concept of having big goals what does it actually even mean to have a big goal how do you know that you have a big goal I guess that's a better question. Like what defines big? Um, I've kind of changed how I feel about what a big goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, not not this year, but over the last years. And so in, in the past, like a big goal might have been for me, like I want to have a certain amount of money. I want to have a car, like a Ferrari, or I want to have like a really big house, or I want to, you know, do these things things and their their objects and then if you get to that object and you have it is it going to bring you that fulfillment you're looking for or do you want to find things that are an experience that's a tangible experience that you visualize what that might look like so for there's nothing wrong with one of those things like i'll give an example like you say okay well i want a really big house on the beach why what are you going to do with it i just i just want a really big house on the beach so 
I have a really big house on the beach. Like, okay, well, is that going to give you the fulfillment? Maybe, maybe not. But if you said like, well, I want it there because I want to have a, a really big kitchen. And in this really big kitchen, I have my friends and family over there and we're cooking and we're enjoying your child's company and we're engaging in, in activities that bring me joy and happiness. Like that's an experience that starts, tan it starts being tangible to the sight, the smell, how it sounds, how it feels like, and it's around there. So for me, I'm like, the big goals need to be a big vision, a big experience that you want to have happen to you. And then you create smaller goals, which are more like tasks and to-do lists to get you there. And sometimes those are a little bit bigger goals. Sometimes there are um, check marks <clears throat> that you need to make that are taking you closer. But a lot of times you can go back and, and evaluate, are the things I'm doing today taking me closer to that experience or not? And a lot of times people go like, Hey, I want to, I want to make a bunch of money so that I can uh, stay at home and be, be, be around and raise my family and not have to work. Okay. Well, do you want to have a giant mansion with a big house and a big yard and tons of upkeep just so you can stay at home with your kids? And probably, most people are like, no, I don't really want that. Well, maybe you're, you're visualizing the outcome to get what you want differently and, and not choosing the right thing. So instead of like going down this path, of creating a life you want you're creating this life of a grind of 80 to 90 to 100 hours to chase a dream that's not going to give you what you want anyway so like why don't you take things <clears throat> and build a life around that lifestyle you want so like what does it mean to you to have that and so sometimes it might be like well i still want that house on the beach okay well, that house on the beach costs a different point price point in malibu than it does in you know florida Mm -hmm. different price point than in Costa Rica, you know? So then you can evaluate like what you can do and what you can live with and start trying to create that life that works for you. So it's not always going to be a, a financial decision of where you choose to do those things. You know, your friends and family might only be in Malibu and it does require you to be there to, to achieve your vision, but start thinking about how, what you're doing on a daily basis. And is it getting you closer to that or further away? Mm -hmm. How intentional are you with all of your actions? Like, do you approach, <clears throat> mostly reactions through this particular mindset? Probably not. I'm probably a lot less intentional than I, that I advise people to do. Like I say, Hey, be, be this intentional. And I'm, and I'm not, I tend to go through the motions a lot. I tend to see where things happen. I, I tend to like people will say, okay, be intentional. Okay. Well, why am I going to have a conversation at 8 a.m. with Oleg? He's not in my industry and he's not necessarily <laughs> my people I'm trying to like get connected to. And, and I'm not sure I'm the, you know, so you go like, well, is that to be an intentional? I'm like, what well, is intentional? Because I know that if I'm open to meeting other people, I can serve Oleg in the way that's intentional to me, which is like, hey, who are two or three people that might benefit from knowing Oleg? And because I have a podcast, I might be able to introduce Oleg to more people than two mm -hmm. or three people, or I come across somebody that needs specifically what you're, you're, you're doing or looking for. I can make strategic introductions and help this other person that might mm -hmm. be intentional. So <clears throat> I have this thing, like, you never know, you never know who's going to be that person that makes a difference in your life. So I try not to pre-qualify anybody of being important to me or not important to me because you never know. Mm -hmm. Chances are, um, those ones that you don't think make sense on paper tend to be the best introductions you could have had. And the ones that you think is going to be this ideal intro, sometimes they just tend to, you know, not really pan out. They not really turn out that great. So to me, it's like, 
you never know. And um, so do, am I super intentional with only meeting people that are taking me on paper further and closer to my goal? Absolutely not. But I think because I'm open-minded to where the journey takes me, I think I'm very intentional with that and looking to support other people. Mm, I love that mindset because I, so I oper- operate from a similar lens. I believe that I just never know who I'm going to meet and how I'm going to cross their paths. And so being open to the opportunity has, it's been a daily practice for me. Don't get me wrong. There are some times where I slip up and there are certain opportunities that I don't choose to take because well, whatever the reasons may be. But I think it's, it's, ultimately reminding myself that I just never know who is going to be that right person that's coming into my life at that right time. I never know how they're going to come there. And I don't know how you personally view networking, but for me, networking, I approach it through the lens of looking for a needle in a haystack. And you never know who that needle is going to be. You never know how it's going to be introduced into your life. But I think for me, knowing that it's possible is enough knowing that it's possible to find that one person who's going to help you in whatever way that they can, whether it's being there for a day in your life, kind of like the whole season reason and a lifetime. <laughs> I realized that to be uh, true throughout my life, there are certain people that I've met that have only been in my life for a day. Other people have only been there for a month and some people continue to stay there. And I don't choose to blame any of the people that were there for a day because I think every single one of them was there for a purpose or with a purpose. And so whether it was just kind of moving the thing along and making an introduction in whatever way possible, that was the purpose. And I I realized that once I was able to let go of the expectation or assumption, like it has to be this way, you know, our time together right now, it has to result in X, Y, and Z. It not only did I feel more free, but I felt that just being in the conversation in the moment, like I was able to actually experience that mm-hmm. because then I no longer had an agenda. You know, I, I no longer had a checklist saying like Nate has to say this and I've got to be follow up with that. And if I don't, then this conversation is a waste of time when the reality of the matter, I think it's just, at least for me, it's, it's just about creating this space. And seeing mm-hmm. what could happen. Because I don't know what could happen. I, I feel like very strongly the same way you do. Like, you know, people come into your life for, for a short period of time. Everybody's temporary. Some are more temporary than others. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people are there to to teach you a lesson of, of some things. You know, sometimes it's a big lesson. Sometimes it's just a little. Sometimes it's just a little nudge in the right direction. <clears throat> but... It's, it's typically when you try to force those interactions into something they're not, that things go sideways, that things don't work out, that things don't feel in alignment. And it's because we're not <clears throat> losing my voice this morning. <clears throat> we're not in alignment with uh, those, their frequencies. And so they, they just, they become forced and they don't feel right. So mm-hmm. other times they click and you, you just have to be open to the possibility that they're going to take you there. And sometimes People that come into your life for a moment that you feel like you're going to be there for a moment, they, they circle back around. And, and before you know it, they're like around you all the time and you're collaborating. And then sometimes they come in, they're very intense. And you're like, wow, I was almost talking to that person every single day for like a month. <laughs> now I never see them around anymore. It's like those things happen and that's okay. And if they're, they're, they're meant to come back into your life 
they will. And, and if you try to force them to come back in your life, they're not going to feel like the same um, relationship that they were in the past. You have to just kind of let it flow as, as the universe needs to bring those people into your life. And, and sometimes they come for a little bit and sometimes they leave to make room for the next thing that's coming. So, mm-hmm. Nate, I know you do a lot of work around this whole concept of networking and helping people look differently at their own networks and things like that. Tell us a little bit more about where they can find it and, for those that are listening right now, I'll include the banner to his website. But what does that website have? Do you have anything currently that you're working with that can help people better understand their networks, their story, and some of the other things that you're working on? Um, right now, I have uh, a couple things. Um, it's NatePayo.com is a central place to go find me and figure out what I'm up to. That changes and evolves. But from there, you can get connected to me on other social media platforms. I'm probably the biggest on LinkedIn of all the other ones. I just like that it's like a professional networking event that's happening all the time. So you can really make true, meaningful connections with people that are also there to do business. So you can find and support them on their business journey. Um, I also host my podcast there, NatePayo.com. And if you're interested in like learning more about how you can strategically grow your networking, then I love just getting on a phone call and telling people like, hey, this is how you do it. And if you want to put a little bit of power behind it, how you can do it with a little bit more intention and a little bit more at scale by using LinkedIn to network at scale. Mm -hmm. Can you explain briefly the meaning behind your podcast, All In? What does Um, that mean? The All In podcast was um originated from from a friend of mine that she said yeah you should call it all in because you've basically been been on this journey before and and stopped and and didn't continue to forward and so now you're going all in like you're you're not giving up you're putting all your eggs in all the chips on the table and pushing it across and from there it it led to like hey i'm gonna ask every guest that comes on there what it means to them to be all in and i've heard hundreds of different responses to to the same question and everybody's got a different take and a different meaning of what all in means to them and it's really cool to see what uh, what, what how people view it and how people look at life and, and chasing their goals and dreams and, and i think the more you're exposed to other people's ideas uh, the more you can learn from them it's going to shape who you are and make you um, a better person and i learned the same exact thing i think for me <laughs> what made the difference was understanding that same exact thing. The more people and the more ideas I can expose myself to, therefore, the more perspectives I can receive around whatever the concept that I'm working on. And then if I'm willing and able to listen to them, then my perspective can shift. So whatever the idea I started with, I, I realized that, I mean, there were definitely times throughout my journey, don't get journey, don't get me wrong, where, you know, that was my baby and I didn't want to change it and it had to be this way. But then I just started to realize that at the end of the day, I think what makes some of these projects successful in whatever way that you define success, it's the ability to be open to other people's perspectives and ideas. And then after a while, let it take its own form, let it, you know, build its own energy. I think the same exact thing with creating a space like this, like, yes, you and I can come together and facilitate a conversation around it. But at the same time, it's the other people. It's Mm -hmm. Melody, it's Annie and so many other people that choose to show up and support us and add their perspectives and feel like they're connected to us through our message. And that probably goes back to the same story that I think you mentioned about that individual 
who reached out to you and said, Hey, I'm, I chose to do this. I chose to turn this into a hobby of mine and he found a way to monetize it. And maybe he found a way to live from that. And maybe that was the thing that gave him that additional breath of life. Mm -hmm. And you, you just never know where that thing's going to come from. So I just, I really value and appreciate you and your perspective and everything that you continue to do. It's, it's amazing to see that. Experience. I appreciate it. And so when, when you're talking about um, letting things take a life of their own, it, it reminded me of a, a story a friend of mine, actually the guy that was the first guest I was ever on his podcast, Tats. Uh, he said like, yeah, you can only grow your community. So are your, your network so big before it's not manageable. It's, it's too hard mm. for you to manage. And then you have to turn it into a community. And I think that's what letting things evolve on their own is, is there comes a point where if you want to do really big things, you can't do it by yourself. You have to have a community. And the more people you add into the community, it changes the dynamics. And these things take on a life of their own. And you have to be a little bit willing to let these things, you know, evolve based on the people's that bring a different energy to, to that, to that idea and topic. So, mm -hmm. I've never heard of it that way before. What is the difference between a network and a community? Um, a community would exist without you, I think, or it can continue without you. Like, like, um, um, but let, let's say you're going to create like a Facebook group and mm -hmm. you go in there and the only way people are active on that group is if you personally go in there and nurture the relationships every single day. And if you take days off, it dies community would go whether or not you show up at all it continues and so that mm -hmm. usually means that there's people that are also leaders that step up and and they encourage other people to contribute to the group and to um share ideas and share stories you're still the focal point you're still like the um ringleader you're still setting maybe the pace but if you're not there it still continues without you mm. i love that <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for choosing to share this hour with me. I know it's a little bit earlier for you than it is for me. <laughs> but I think that's just the beauty is that continuing to support each other in whatever way that I can. And for anyone that's listen, listening, I encourage you to connect with Nate through his website, LinkedIn. And then from there, you just never know where the conversation may take you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider supporting our cause by making a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these courageous and inspiring conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.